0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 460, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. In this week's episode, I am so excited to share with you an interview that I recently did with Tammy Helfrick. From right where you are. Quite some time ago, Tammy had invited me to be a guest on her podcast. In fact, I got to tell you, while I was working on my health and fitness journey all through 2015, I didn't do any podcast interviews whatsoever. And, of course, many of you have been following my journey here this year through the Year of Identity and a lot of things that have been processing. And I've done very few podcast interviews all the way up until, well, this month, July of 2016. And as a result of that, I've had a waiting list of more than 60 people who are waiting to interview me on their podcast And well, my friends, I am full on back into everything, ready to go. I have so much clarity about where things are heading for my business, for me personally, and so many other areas of life. Things are just absolutely rocking right now. And one of the things that I decided to do leading up to this next session of Podcasting A to Z, which by the way, starts this coming Monday, August 1st. If you want to sign up, head over to podcastingaz.com. zcom Let's work together. But anyway, one of the things that I knew that I wanted to do leading up to Podcasting A to Z is that I wanted to actually get back on some of these podcasts as a guest. I happen to know that one of the fastest way for me to grow my audience and get my message out to new people who may have not yet heard about me is to be a guest on other people's podcasts. And I've had this waiting list for so long, and I scheduled 25 blocks of time over the course of the first two weeks in July. And Tammy Helfrich had been on my waiting list for... A very long time, and she was one of the 25 people that I reached out to on the list and did schedule an interview with me, and I can tell you, I've now completed all 25 of those interviews. I finished them up last week, and what you're about ready to hear is by far my favorite interview that I did over the course of those two weeks. Out of 25 interviews, what I'm about ready to play for you is the single best interview that that just blew me away. It's like, wow, this allowed me to share my heart in such a way that I want to share this in my podcast. And after we had finished the interview, I asked Tammy, I said, do you mind if I broadcast this in my show? And she said, no problem at all. And it's an hour in four minutes without this intro. So I'm going to wrap things up here and just say that I'm going to tell you about how you can find Tammy's podcast at the end of the interview and we'll wrap things up. But I want to just jump right into the interview because it's just good stuff and I don't want to keep you for too long this week. So here's that interview right now.
1: Well, I'm so excited today that I get to have Cliff Ravenscraft join me on the podcast. Cliff has been such an inspiration to me and actually helped me start this podcast. And Cliff is a podcast producer, consultant, a coach. He's on an incredible health journey, and I'm just so glad that you're able to be here today. Thanks for joining me, Cliff.
0: Tammy, I am so delighted to be here, and I can't wait to have this conversation.
1: I can't either. It's been a long time coming. You helped me start my podcast as you've helped thousands. I mean, is it more than thousands now, probably? Here's what I could
0: tell you. Over the last 10 and a half years, I've personally trained one-on-one over 2,000 people how to launch a podcast. If you look at people who have purchased products or services from me outside of my one-on-one coaching, it's over 25,000 people. And then I have some free resources on YouTube and stuff like that. And the numbers reach close to about 70,000. So wow. it's been a huge blessing and and an honor and it, yeah it, it's what God has done in my life I it, it's I can tell you right now there's there's something bigger at hand than Cliff Ravenscraft that's for sure.
1: Yeah. That's so incredible. I love hearing that. First of all, so I want to say to you publicly, thank you, because I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like I was supposed to be starting a podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not technical. I don't know how to do this. And you walked me through step by step by one of your courses and it was amazing. So I would tell anybody who's thinking about starting a podcast, Clips, your guy.
0: Thank you for that.
1: So tell us about starting your own podcast because that was a journey. You were in the insurance industry before that, right?
0: I was. So here's what I can tell you. I've been telling this story and I could tell this story for two hours or I can still t- try to condense it down to two and a half minutes. So let me try the two and a half minute model and you can then pick more out if you want or move on to the next question. So here's okay. what here's what I'm going to do. Give you the Reader's Digest version. Before I started the world of podcasting, there are a couple things to know about me. One is that I'm a tech geek and I've been a tech geek since I was a kid. Number two, I'm a very faith based Jesus kind of guy. Before I got into the world of insurance, even when I got married to my wife, I felt this calling to full-time ministry. And I was an associate pastor for 10 years of my life from 1996 to 2006. And my greatest dream at the time was that one day I would do ministry full-time. And I thought that would be, I would be a pastor of a church. Now, my mom and dad owned an insurance agency And this has been a family-run insurance agency since 1935. My grandfather started the agency. My dad then owned it. My mom and dad owned it. And I was next in line to own this insurance agency. They invited me to come work for them. When they hired me to work for them, I said, listen, I'll come work for you and set up your computer equipment and software and all this other stuff as long as you'll promise me two things. Number one, I don't want to sell insurance. I have no desire to do that. And number two, if I'm ever offered an opportunity to become a full-time pastor, regardless of how much or how little money I make, you have to be okay with me leaving to do that. They agreed to that, and so I began working with them in their insurance agency. One thing led to another, and I became a licensed insurance agent. The the, <laughs> the promise of money was just too good, and the need for it as a young married couple, <laughs> it, it kind of just caught us to get caught up in that. Ultimately, after 11 years of doing insurance, I was at the place where in northern Kentucky, making $87,000 a year plus all kinds of insane benefits traveling around the world on top of that is a very good income due to our cost of living here is so low. And so that's where I got. I got to a place where I'm financially successful. My wife and I finally became debt free and something completely messed up this whole opportunity that I had in the world of insurance. See, I had more job security than anybody you could possibly imagine. My mom and dad would never fire me. All right, so that wasn't a problem. (laughs) and financial security let's just put it this way it is now thursday july 14th 2016 my mom and dad just retired this year my dad just sold the insurance agency so wow. which is crazy to think of but if it if if i would stayed in insurance today i would own the insurance agency and my income personal income would be about 1.5 million dollars a year easy minimum So that's what I had the promise of. But here's what happened. Some things got short-circuited, and it started in December 2005. And in December 2005, I decided to launch a podcast about a TV show as a hobby. And the TV Mm. show was Lost. And this Lost television show was incredible. I was passionate about it. I had already been listening to podcasts, and then I discovered there are five different shows about the TV show Lost. I subscribed to all five of them, listened to them every week to learn everything I could about the hidden Easter eggs, the hidden clues, all the geeky, geeky, geeky stuff that you can find <laughs> in this show. You know, there are casual viewers of the show, and then there are the ones who are the diehard people who really tried to uncover what was happening in the show, what story were the writers of the show telling. And this is this is coming from a Christian guy, and I bring my wife in, and so we, this, we're a Christian married couple in northern Kentucky watching this secular television show, and by the third episode of our hobby fan podcast, Tammy, we had sixteen thousand subscribers around the world i'm wow. a guy, I'm a guy in Northern Kentucky that nobody outside of Northern Kentucky has ever heard of. <laughs> and after three weeks, sixteen thousand people in the, around the world are listening to every syllable of every word I speak for sixty to ninety minutes a week. Wow. Now, the interesting thing is, so that's how we got into podcasting. It was our Lost podcast. A couple interesting things happened with that Lost podcast. Number one, the television show, Secular As It May Be, had all kinds of great themes. One episode of the TV show was called Tabula Rasa, which means clean slate. So the whole idea is the, uh, the ability to, no matter what you've done in life, you have the ability at any moment in time to start over, to to create a new life for yourself, to to put the past behind and be and to start a new identity. And the metaphor for this was crashing on a on a desert island, and nobody on the plane really knows about your past, and so that past doesn't have to haunt you. You can create a new identity for yourself. And and mm. of course, what does that give my wife and I the opportunity to do? To talk about the theme of being able to start over in life. To you know, we talked about becoming debt free and becoming a debt free couple. That's our new identity. We talked about all of these other opportunities to just start over there was an episode called or there was an episode titled all good cowboys have daddy issues and this is all about you know the the sins of the parents and and how you know my wife had suffered suffered uh, from sexual abuse from a, a stepfather when she was young and you know I had daddy issues my biological dad now the dad that owned the insurance agency I called him my dad right but he's my stepdad and so my biological dad alcoholic drug addict all kinds of issues there. And my wife and I, in a podcast about a TV show, get to talk real, authentic, genuine, heart topics to an audience of thousands of people. And now I will tell you that 16,000 people is how many people we ended up with after three weeks. Now we did, I believe, 261 episodes of that podcast, by the way, over the course of the years that we watched that television show. We ended up having about 70,000 subscribers around the world for that one podcast that we did. And that's wow. 70,000 people around the world who get to hear our heart about those topics. And what happens, we start getting emails with people asking us questions about some of these things that we're talking about. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you brought this up. You know, I'm suffering from this. And I wonder, can you pray for me? And can you tell me, how did you come to faith in God? How You seem so logical. And I've never met a Christian who watches secular television show. They're always too holy for that. And <laughs> you're breaking my mold of understanding of what a Christian is. And can you explain more? And... And so we started to get all these questions. I would spend hours every day answering emails. And finally, it got to the place where I started to see a lot of similar questions coming up. And, you know, I can't just copy and paste the answers that I gave to the other one because it's so unique. But right. so what happened was I started a second podcast and I'm like, you know what? I want to create a podcast where I can take these common questions and I'm going to answer them once. But I'm going to answer them in a way that would answer that question for anyone who asked me in the future, so I could just re, re like, if you ask me the question about my faith, I'll send you back to episode three of that show where I talked about how I came to faith in Jesus or whatever, or how my wife right. and I became debt free, or how my wife and I uh, came up and under started to understand the five threats to marital oneness through a a weekend to remember marriage conference, and all these other things that we were learning and sharing, and so we created a second podcast and. Then there was a third podcast and then there was a fourth podcast and well, one thing led to another and in the past 10 and a half years, I've done 30 different podcast shows, two of them with, or actually no, seven of them with my wife, but I've done 30 different podcast shows with over 3,600 podcast episodes. Wow. (laughs) And that's how I got started.
1: Oh my gosh. So, that, I mean, how long did it take you? So, were you in the beginning, you were still in the insurance business, right? Like, yeah. how long did it take until you went, oh, there's really something here that I need to think
0: about? Sure. So, okay. So, I gave you so many different things that night. Um, <laughs> the first thing to know is that when I started podcasting as a hobby, December 2005, I'm then at that point, nine years into my insurance career. And I kind of, you know, I'm very successful financially, very successful as an insurance agent ranked among all the other agents in the companies that I represent. Things are going extremely well. And I'm thinking that this is an enjoyable life. You know, I get to train and teach people how to Become debt free and buy life insurance, protect their family, and and I'm talking really good life insurance, not permanent life insurance that only benefits the agent. I was really doing good, but man, and and of course, you know, and and on the side for free, I'm an associate pastor of churches. I I mean, for at that point, it was eight years of doing ministry. And so, I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm doing, I've got a really great life until I started podcasting as a hobby. And once I started that second and third podcast, the third podcast, by the way, today is called Encouraging Others Through Christ. So it was a completely faith-based podcast. And what I realized is that, wow, this is opening up something that I never knew was inside of me. There's something deeper in me. And it, and it calls to this thing where I said, you know, my greatest goal in life is to do ministry full-time and I've kind of uncovered and unpacked what that mission for me is personally. And that is to take whatever I'm experiencing life, what whatever I'm learning, what obstacles have I faced and how did I overcome them? What ob- obstacles am I facing now? What's getting in the way of my dreams and hopes of the future? And what are my dreams and hopes of the future? And how am I creating plans to achieve those dreams? And what kind of things, what kind of principles can I learn that can be applied to anyone else who wants to come along? I want to take all of those experiences, and I found that my true calling in life is to create content that is entertaining, educational, encouraging, and inspirational. My desire is to take my life and what I'm learning and to use it in any way possible to benefit and serve the lives of other people so that I can have a powerful and positive impact in their lives. That's what I discovered, and I realized that podcasting was offering that to me in a way that a full-time ministry in a traditional church setting. I mean, it couldn't even come close to what was happening in the emails that I was exchanging with people. You got to understand, I was for eight years as a associate pastor working part-time in the church. I had people come to me with all kinds of things over the years, but never were people as transparent and authentic with what their genuine experience was in life. Than through the emails and the phone calls that I had with the people who are listening to my podcast, it's like wow. it's just like I, I would say that there were times when I experienced true authentic life transformational relationships within my official ministry experience over the course of those eight years, but I can tell you in in four months of podcasting the authenticity and the real genuine life transformational re- relationships that I had there in four months it had completely eclipsed eight years of combined ministry. And so one. The, the first thing to go was I eventually got to the place where I ended up leaving the traditional church ministry model. And I, I completely resigned from all positions within that organization. And I began to see my ministry and podcasting as my my answer to that call in life. And what happened was before I started podcasting, I was working about 40 to 60 hours a week. I've always been a workaholic. And when I started podcasting, I started podcasting. And it started out at you know two or three hours a week, and it slowly grew to where it was 20 hours a week. And eventually, I found that I needed to reduce the number of hours at work so that I could focus more on this stuff that I'm doing on the side. So I got to the place where eventually, I got down to only working the required minimum of 40 hours a week as the insurance agent. And I was working about 30 to 40 hours a week on the podcasting stuff on the side. Now, when I say podcasting stuff on the side, I am not talking only the content that I'm creating, but all of the community that I'm managing, you know, the number of relationships that I'm personally involved in and how I'm connecting them to each other. There are people who are who had listened to our podcast in different parts of the world who came to a physical meetup in our home who ultimately ended up getting married that's the kind of stuff that was happening in our midst. It was incredible. And so the first thing to go was the official ministry position. And after about a year of podcasting as a hobby, I started to see that people were saying, hey, Cliff, can you teach me how to do this? And I started to teach people for free. Somebody said, you know, you should charge money for this. People would pay you money to teach you how to do what you're doing. I'm like, nobody's going to pay me this. And then, yeah, they will. <laughs> trust me. And so I'm like, OK, maybe I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll put it out there. And so I put it out there there. And lo and behold, people started to hire me. And so in December of 2006, I started a podcast called Podcast Answer Man at podcastanswerman.com. And in the first episode, which is still online, you can go listen to it. The very first episode, I said, hey, guys, you know, I've been podcasting for a year. I've got a lot of experience doing this. I've done, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of content over the last year which has given me a lot of experience. I'd love to help answer any questions you have. My goal for this podcast is, you know, I have this crazy dream, I don't know if it could ever come true, but man, if I could ever end up doing this full-time, becoming a full-time paid consultant, teaching people how to podcast within the next five to 10 years, that would be a dream come true. If you were to ask me if money were no object, what would I do? I would wanna be able to find a way where I could make podcasting my focus. And so that was the first episode and, Nine months later, my I came home from work one day. It was a very terrible day at the office. And I'm like, you know, I hate this job. And she goes, okay, it's time for you to quit your job. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? She goes, you, we both know that this is the life that God's called us to. We've seen how much money you've made over the last nine months. That's just you playing with this stuff on the side. You've had all these phone calls with all these entrepreneurs who have called to encourage you, to inspire you, to get out and take a leap and just do this thing. I think it's time for you to do it. You need to quit your job. And so the next day, I went in and put my 90-day notice in. And so two years after doing this as a hobby, I began my own business, which is Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC, doing business as podcastanswerman.com. And that's that was the beginning of this. So did I answer wow. the question? I forget the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you did. There's so much, oh my gosh, so many avenues I could go there. So first of all, I want to say I love... That you recognized that traditional ministry, while so important and so thankful that people do that, that there are so many different avenues to do what God has called you to do. I love that because I'm a big proponent of that. I've always, um, when I kind of went through my own transformation a few years ago, you know, you instantly think, oh, you have to go into traditional ministry, and you don't. Like, there's, just what you said there, you were impacting people in a way that you never had. So I love that. And I I always encourage people to think about how you can just be used by God right where you are in however, whatever situation you've been in. Um, And then I also just love that you continued to just do what you felt called to do and then got to a point where then you knew it was the next that you did have to take a leap of faith to move on to the next thing, which is scary for some people. I mean, Absolutely. really scary.
0: Oh, it was it was scary. It, I can tell you. Um, I put my ninety day notice in. The last four weeks of working as an insurance agent was uh, an up and down emotional roller coaster. Of one, number one, being excited. I can't wait to get out of this career so that I can start doing this work that I love full time. And it, it went from the highest of high emotionally to the lowest of low emotionally. Like. Oh my gosh, I'm in complete and utter depression. I'm I'm so anxious. I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. What am I doing? This is the most irresponsible thing I've ever done. Uh, What if I completely fail? And there were, I will tell you, the week before my last day at the office in the insurance work, um, the very last week, there was one night that I didn't go to sleep that night because I was literally afraid that if I closed my eyes, I was gonna have a heart attack while I slept that night, and I wouldn't wake up the next morning. That's oh. how much of a panic attack I had, wow. and and so and and by the way, uh, January first, two thousand eight came. It was like uh, it, I it was like the w- world became new. I I felt like I had just stepped into a completely new universe with fr- ultimate freedom, ultimate every. I mean, this was like wow, everything. On this planet that I could possibly imagine is now available to me. I can do anything. I will conquer this universe. That's how right. I felt January first, until about you know three or four hours later. I'm like, okay, now what do I do with all of this? <laughs> and right. the first year was a complete roller coaster. And and one thing I will tell people is I went from eighty seven thousand dollars a year plus amazing benefits to the two thousand eight something that many people know about my story is that for the first nine months, I worked seven days a week without a day off, working around the clock, working about 12 to 14 hours a day. And then after September, I finally decided to take one day a week off. And so I took Sundays off. And to take that day a week off, I agreed to myself because I had a really harsh boss. You know, his name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Right. He's a slave driver, let me tell you. To negotiate with my boss to get my day off, I had to increase the number of hours that I worked the other six days a week. So I started working 14 to 16 hours a day the other mm-hmm. six days a week. And let's just tell you two things about that first year of going into business for myself. Number one, it was the most difficult year financially I've ever had in my life. And I, I, we, in the early days of my wife and I getting married, we had some pretty difficult days. Before I got into the world of insurance... Things were tough financially, but nothing like 2008. So, at the end of the year, by the way, my business was profitable the first year. I had a CPA and he said, congratulations, Cliff, your business is profitable. And he says, it usually takes three to five years for a brand new business to become profitable. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. that's great. So but what does that mean? It means that the business, you know, because it's, it's an LLC, it's an S Corp election. So the business is it's, a, its own entity. And the business was able to pay for all of its overhead, which means its operating expenses, website and servers and office supplies. And it also paid, you know, the business actually gave health insurance benefits to its, all of its employees, So full, complete, 100% health insurance benefits to all the employees, which, by the way, I'm the only employee. Right. (laughs) But but, um, anyway, the the business did pay for its overhead, and it paid for health insurance for me and my family. Now, it also had to pay payroll for all of its employees. Again, I'm the only employee. But when it came to the end of the year, the only reason my business was profitable that year is because, well, the, the the sole employee for that year only got three paychecks. Mm. And it was the last three months of the year. My total net income from my business, net personal income, $11,000. Wow. That's how much money I made in personal income after all of that work that year. But here's what I can tell you. There were every single month, my wife and I sat down to do our accounting. We went to pay the bills. And every single month, one of the two of us was in absolute bawling tears. Mm. It was either me or her never... Was there a month where it was both of us? So one month, it's her sitting down at the checkbook, writing the checks, writing, you know, tears streaming down her face, and I'm encouraging her. The other one, it's me staring at the spreadsheet, tears running down my face, and she's encouraging me. Never was there a time where we were both down at the same time. It was an incredible thing. It was the most difficult year financially, but here's what I can tell you. In all those years of plenty, all those years of having a great career, job security, financial security, all of those things that we had as a married couple, never were we closer as a husband and wife than we were in that first year of doing our calling together as husband Mm -hmm. and wife. So even though it was the most difficult year financially, it began a new chapter of our life as husband and wife that I I, I would go back and live that financial hell over and over and over again if I had the opportunity because that was the most incredible start to this new season of life for us.
1: Wow, thank you so much for sharing that because I mean, first of all, That's real. That's what happens. There's when you take a big leap like that, there are sacrifices that you have to make. But it sounds like also your perspective just completely changed. You were having more freedom, even though you were making less money and you were building this foundation with your relationship that you never could have done had you not taken that step.
0: Absolutely. I heard a quote for the very first time the other day. It might have been just one of those images on Instagram where somebody pasted the quote over top of it. But it said something like entrepreneurism. It's the one place where somebody will work 80 hours a week so that they never again have to work a 40 hour work week.
1: Right. <laughs> but I, I that's that's great. Um <laughs> I also love, though, that you took a different route because some people's stories don't have that same ending, you know, that financial strain and that those really challenging times can be really difficult on a marriage instead of bringing you closer. So could you just tell us some of the things I mean, you already did about how you you were both not in that dark place at the same time. But were there other things that you did during that time to help keep your marriage together and you know moving in the same direction
0: sure I, I do i actually do know many people there there was one particular podcast that i listened to that i turned to for a lot of wisdom and advice in creating an online business because i knew nothing about this stuff when i started I, i'll never forget the one time i was listening to this podcast had been listening to it for months and one of the co-hosts so there was two different hosts to the show and one of the co-hosts said you know what here's the deal you have to put yourself into it, and it's going to take a lot of work. And you're just going to have to you're just going to have to dig deep, and you're going to have to you're you're going to have to surround yourself with people who who believe in you. And if somebody doesn't believe in you, you need to get those people out of your life. Because if you surround yourself with people who don't believe in you and what you're doing with your business, they will bring you down, and you will fail. And so you need to eliminate those people from your life. And he says, just to give you an idea, I lost my wife as a result of building my business. And, you know, that was something I was willing to sacrifice. And as soon as I heard that, I immediately unsubscribed from that podcast. I'm like, nope, that is not an option. Right. So I want to let people know that I do know that this exists and I've seen it for people before. And so one thing I can tell you that my wife and I had going for us is that when we first got married, one of the things that we knew is that we did not want to get married unless we were both completely agreed that this was a lifelong commitment, good, bad, no matter what. There is no escape clause for us. And my wife and I both come from, I guess you could call them broken marriages in the past. My mom and my biological dad got divorced and for good reason for my mom. Thank God she left the alcoholic and drug addict, you know, um, yeah. you know, my Stephanie's mom, I'm not going to say anything about her family history, although my wife would publicly talk about it, it's not my place, but she certainly came from some interesting backgrounds as well. But here's the thing, we knew that we loved each other, we knew our heart, and we knew that we were committed for life, and so good, bad, ugly, whatever, we decided we were in this together as a couple. Yeah. And so we came into it with that attitude and the you know the D word just was an option for us. That's one thing we had going for us. I think it's important to know that there are three things that I had going into this business that I think are essential for anyone to succeed. Number one, I had passion for what I was doing. I mean, th- it was just like I came alive when I was doing the work that I was about ready to go do full time. It, it just, I could tell this was the work that I was created to do. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And, and by the way, that is not just podcasting. And it's certainly not just teaching the po- people to podcast. And then right. perhaps that's going to come out even further in the future questions. I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. I had passion for what I was doing. Number two, the second thing that I had going for me is that I not just had passion for it, but I also had talent. Some people are just born with some natural raw talent, and I believe that as well. and i I certainly had a degree of that. I've always been technically inclined. But the other thing that I had going for me is that I put hours and hours and hours into practice or in, into the, yeah well, the practice of what I was doing. I'd already by the time I started doing this full time, I had already put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Of hours into this, I—if I had to guess—I probably had about 900 to a thousand hours of podcasting alone before I actually decided to leave my career to do this full time, and—and so that's just how much I was just already. This is just—I—I I know more about podcasting in two years than probably what many people will know in a lifetime of podcasting. Right. So th- I, that I had the talent, so that's number two. I had a lot to offer in this area. But here's the thing, a lot of people have passion and they have talent and they go out and create businesses and they fail, right? Well I had a third thing going for me and that was an economic model. So, I did not have a quote-unquote 5-year business plan. I didn't actually have one of those official business plans. I still don't to this day, although I do have a business that generates over half a million dollars a year and I'm still the only employee, but I still don't have a business plan and I probably will well I shouldn't say that. I eventually I'm going to have a business plan. I think it's a smart <laughs> thing to do, especially when I start, you know, getting into the place where I'm making 2 or 3 million dollars a year in personal income, which will probably be in about 5 years from now. But I just thought I'd just slip that one in there.
1: <laughs> yep, put it out there. Just
0: put it out there. But uh, but here's what I can tell you is that I didn't have a business plan, but I did have an economic model during those 18 months. Well, actually, during the... So I started podcasting in December 2005. About six months into it is when people started to pay me. So there was 18 months of people paying me mm. to do what I was doing before the... I spent the first day. So a lot of people, when they start their businesses online, you know what they do is they have passion, they have talent, they have an idea, and they think they have an economic model, but the reality is they still haven't made their first dollar yet, and they're trying to create a business. Right. And, and I can't be, begin to tell you the number of people who've said, Cliff, I want to hire you as a coach. I, I want you to teach me how to podcast. And I say, well, tell me why you want a podcast. What kind of goals do you have? I say, well, I lost my job about six months ago and I figure I'm going to just, you know, I'm I'm sick of the job search. I'm going to start my business. I need this thing to start generating some income within the next three months. I'm like, good luck with that. Right. <laughs> you know, um, right. yeah, I don't think I'm the guy for you. I I think what you want is you want one of those get rich click internet marketing coaches, Uh, Because that's not who I am. I'm the get rich five, 10 years down the road guy. Yeah. (laughs) After lots of hard work. And today I'm the I'm the get rich a little bit quicker than what I did. And maybe while without actually working as hard as I did back in the early days, because I know a whole lot more things that today that I wish I would have known back then. But right. Anyway, I forget where we were. Where, yeah. where are we? No,
1: the, you were telling me the the things that you did to kind of keep your marriage oh, intact, which is keeping, so great. And so
0: keeping the marriage together. So so the, the first thing that we had is that we had a business that would succeed. I would love to tell you that I just stepped out in faith and I just said, you know what? I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I just trust that God's going to provide for every single need. I wish I could tell you that I had that much faith, but I didn't. No, yeah. I what I had is I had 18 months of generating some income that said, you know what, here I'm bringing in about $2 to $3,000 a month right now just doing this on the side. Now sure, on the side for me it was 40 hours a week. Right. But wow, what if I could actually put all of my time and I wasn't distracted by that day job, I wonder if I could punch that up to $4 or $6,000 a month. And well, I was convinced and confident that I could and I did. So yeah. I had that going for me. And and I, I think that's important to know. And not only that, but my wife knew. And and while I will tell you that those three things are the three things that are essential for everyone who wants to create a business for themselves, you have to have passion, talent, and an economic model. But I also believe that if you want, and by the way, I could if I had all three of those things, and even if I didn't have the support of my wife, I could succeed. It might cost me my marriage, but I could still succeed if I had those three things. But here's the deal. I didn't want to succeed at the expense of my marriage. Right. So the other thing I had going for me is the fact that my wife was on the same page with me. This is something that, and I can tell you right now, if my wife was not on the same page with me, I would not have left my career in insurance. In fact, it was her idea. Right. I've got it in recording. As soon as we had that conversation, we immediately I said, can we record a podcast right now? Because yeah. I am so on board with you. But if we don't record this right now, I'm going to probably back out by tomorrow morning. So let's tell right. the entire world that I'm about ready to quit my job so that I'm at least on the hook for doing it. Because then if I don't do it, I have to come back and tell everybody in the world that I, I chickened out. <laughs> Yeah. So I have it. It's her idea. So that's the that's the other thing. I I would just want to encourage people out there who are thinking about this stuff. Share this stuff with your wife. You know, this is something I've seen time and time again. I go to these conferences. You know, people are like Cliff. I love what you're doing. I listen to your podcast, and I've been doing what I'm doing on the side. I've been blogging. I've been following your journey. I want to be just like you. And and I've got all this stuff and and, and things. And the you know I and they're they're at this conference. They just came up to me after I've just spoken on the stage, and they're like, the one thing I just can't get. My wife just doesn't get this. You know, and I'm like, well, where is your wife? Well, she's back at home with the kids. And yeah. I I wait wait a second. So you're here in sunny San Diego Enjoying yourself. You went, where did we, oh, we we just had a networking party at the Natural History Museum. Oh, how incredibly awesome was that? That was such an amazing experience, right? How many people did you talk to? How many, How encouraging and inspiring were those people? Were they the most uplifting people you've ever talked to in your life? Yeah. Did you, did you actually, like just talking to them, did you feel better after you walked away than you did before you actually started the first conversation with them? Yeah, that's amazing. Now, isn't it amazing to walk around and see all this great stuff people are actually doing what you want to do isn't that even more inspiring to you yeah now how often does your wife get to experience those things right take mm. your wife with you yeah if you here's what i want to say if you in if you're going to invest in a conference invest in childcare, mm. invest in an extra plane ticket you know what? And the good news is if you're married, you can share a hotel room together. Right. You know, so you don't have to buy two hotel rooms. Take yeah. your spouse with you. Take, and that's the that's my big advice. Bring your spouse on the journey with you. Share it with him or her because doing this together is the only option in my way to make it succeed. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that your wife or your husband has to be in the business with you, but boy, bring them along for all the perks.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's so good. And so what I find fascinating is that watching your journey of how you and your wife have now branched off into really focusing on your health for the last year or more. Right. So can you talk just a little bit about that?
0: Sure. Um, Do you still have another 20 minutes?
1: I do, yeah, we're good on time.
0: Okay, because I, I, cause I would love to tell this story because this is something I'm really passionate about right now. You know, you think I'm passionate about helping people out there take their message, their business, and their life to the next level by creating an audio podcast. Heck yeah, I'm passionate about that. But man, something I'm really passionate about right now is about what I'm about ready to tell you. So... You know, going back to 2008, now, first of all, I've always struggled with being an overweight guy since I was 18 years old. Although, the funny thing is, I've got pictures of me, 18 years old, without my shirt, water skiing, and I remember just feeling how fat I felt back then, and how... Self conscious, I was with without a shirt on, um, you know, going out in my bathing suit to go water skiing when I was 18, 20 years old. And I look at those pictures now and I'm like, man, I'd give anything to look like that guy. But here, back then, I thought I was a fat kid, you know, I, I thought I was fat then. And so, so much of this in my mind was just mental. For whatever reason, I just continued to gain weight, of course, for whatever reason. Okay, for the fact that I kept stuffing crap down my pipe hole <laughs> and, and never worked <laughs> out. Um, so maybe for whatever reason, there were actually a couple good reasons why I continued to gain weight excessively. And when I began working, I took on the attributes of, of my stepdad, which I admired and 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 always wanted to make him happy, right? You know, I'm working for my dad. And, and I want to make him happy. I want, to, I want to make him proud of me. And one of the ways that I know that he finds a lot of pride is in the work that he does. You know, when he succeeds in his business, when he succeeds financially, that's how he feels good about himself. And I figure if that's how good, I mean, it's, it's just obvious that, and I, I don't fault him for that. I, my dad is a very successful man. He built something amazing. And I love my dad, my stepdad. I love the guy. And so I wanted, I I knew that that's how he saw success and that's how he was proud of himself. So how do I actually make him proud of me? Well, I, I guess working hard and succeeding financially, right? So right. I pour myself into my career just like I saw my dad do. And so I became a workaholic. I'm working around the clock. Remember, I told you before I started podcasting, I'm working 60 hours a week. Yeah. And that's 60 hours a week sitting at a computer desk all day long, waking up in the morning, driving to the office, sitting at a computer, and going home, and all, by the way, the only thing between getting up in the morning, going to the office, going home, and maybe spending a little time with the wife and kids, the only thing I did outside of that was stuff tons of food in my face in the morning, During my break, anytime I experienced any stress at all, we had an office right next to a little convenience store. So, sure, let me go get a 99-cent bag of Doritos and a 20-ounce Diet Coke, and let me go ahead and do that two, three, or four times a day, every single day. And by the way, at lunch, let me go ahead and order a lunch, which is a big, huge cheeseburger with bacon and and cheese and melted fries with melted cheese and bacon on them. Let me do that every single day, and then let me go home at night and have seconds and thirds because it just makes you feel good inside yeah by the time i began podcasting i'm already this big huge fat guy and so my health and fitness has never been that's not something that was ever modeled for me health and fitness you know focus on eating healthy and stuff like that that's just never something that was modeled for me and i again that's not me blaming that on anyone it's just wasn't my lifestyle right and it wasn't a it wasn't a concern of mine what was modeled what success was for me was working hard and being financially successful that is what success was for me and that's what i was pursuing so i was pursuing a successful life forget the health and fitness because it, it wasn't even forgetting it and it was nothing it wasn't something i even knew to forget so that's right. that was my lifestyle so that's who i was and and i'd always grown to be this big huge guy fast forward to 2008 and you talk about stress <laughs> I'm talking major stress in 2008. You guys heard yeah. about how many hours I worked. And do you think I got any exercise then? Nope. Do you think I ate lots of food then? Yep. And before, yeah, before I actually, when I was doing insurance, at least I sometimes walked to the office, which was only a 10 minute walk. Sometimes I would at least walk to the car to drive to the office, and then I would actually drive to a place to have lunch and walk into the restaurant and walk back out. No, when I worked for myself, who had, ain't nobody got time to go out for lunch, and certainly ain't nobody got money for it. So let me tell you, my, my, those, all of those years that are 2008, that year that I worked around the clock, nine months without a single day off, here's my routine. Wake up like five o'clock in the morning, go and eat a big, breakfast number two go down to the office and work until it's time for lunch go upstairs and eat a big lunch walk downstairs and and work until it's dinner time go upstairs and eat dinner get seconds and thirds walk downstairs and work until about one o'clock in the morning until you are about ready to fall over and go upstairs get a couple hours of sleep and start tomorrow morning at 5 a.m and do that again every single day for nine months without a day off Mm. that was my life by the way, most incredible, exciting year of my life. Right. But, but, but physically, fitness-wise, that was my fitness routine. Yeah. It, it was literally, and by the way, by the time I got a pedometer and figured all this out, my average daily step count, for those of you who are step counters, my average daily step count was about 270 steps per day. Wow. For the year of 2008. Wow. Wow. That's my health and fitness, my friends. That's my experience. Yeah. So at the end of 2008, I decided to celebrate my first year of business on my own with a 24-hour nonstop live podcasting marathon. I literally, broadcasting live to the world, my wife and I, well, she I didn't expect her to do 24 hours, but I would be behind the microphone for 24 hours nonstop broadcasting 24 different podcast episodes. That's what I was doing and around hour 23 all of a sudden, I literally felt like somebody had just taken a sword and stabbed me about five times in the gut. Mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm like I'm I'm suffering through this but I'm gonna finish this 24 hours because you know what once Cliff Ravenscraft sets his mind to something he doesn't give up. So I sitting there I'm literally it, it, I'm it's a good thing I wasn't actually physically stabbed with a sword because I would have bled out before I went to the hospital. So mm-hmm. I finish this thing, I'm in writhing pain. I get my wife after the 24 hours is up. We drive to the hospital. Turns out that I have massive gallstones, gallbladder attack, and um, I won't go into the long story here, but I'll just tell you that I spent two weeks in the hospital, I almost died, and it, it began to open my eyes to the idea that I might wanna do something with my health and physical fitness. So wow. this was January 2009. I'll fast forward and tell you that once I recovered from that, it took a couple months to recover from all of that, And I started doing this 10,000 steps a day. And I started to learn about healthy eating and, and eating whole natural foods and And not going on any fat diets, but eating the Mediterranean style lifestyle of foods. The people in the Mediterranean world are the longest living people in the world. The kind of foods they eat are lean meat, fish, chicken, nuts, whole grains, beans, and fruits and vegetables. So that's what they eat. And I started eating that and walking my way up to 10,000 steps a day. And over the course of 18 months, I lost 60 pounds. I went from 272 pounds to 212 pounds. And so that was my first experience in weight loss. But here's the thing, I'm podcasting and sharing my entire journey with my community. They're all excited, I inspire thousands of people. But what happens was, it started out with a health desire, but it, it, over the course of those 18 months, and certainly right around about a year or so, it all became focused on the number on the scale. Mm. And I had hit a couple plateaus, everybody does, but I was able to do some things. I read some stuff on the internet and I got through those plateaus. But there was one plateau I couldn't beat, and it was the 212. I could not hit. I could not get below two twelve. You know, two twelve was a big number for me because that's exactly sixty pounds. It's like yes, this is incredible. I started out two hundred seventy two. My goal was to get to. You know, I, I'm thinking my goal has to be one sixty five because if you've probably been five foot seven male, this is it, this is what your goal weight is one hundred sixty five pounds. And so obviously I can get down below two hundred. So I, but I get to two twelve and I hit it and it's just it's like a brick wall. I can't get past. I'm bouncing between 212 to 217, like over the course of three or four months. And I just, I just never was able to get below 212. And it was just so disheartening and discouraging. And then one day I got sick with the flu and it was right when I was actually traveling to Los Angeles and I just, I was so frustrated and because I was on a business trip and I was sick, I wasn't working out and I was stressed, and I was tired, and my, my all of a sudden, I started to feel a lot less self-confident. I felt like all of a sudden, I've broken my routine. It's like, man, I've been so consistent with my workouts. Now, I've broken my streak, and, and man, my step count is down, and and I started to eat things that I normally wouldn't eat just to kind of get that comfort food again. I hadn't done that forever. And while does this I forgot how good that tastes? Oh my gosh, that tastes good. And and the next thing you know, I get back from my business trip. My business is so far behind. I've been gone for two weeks and I've got to get caught up. And the next thing you know, I, I'm still recovering from being sick. And so I'm not working out. And so it's and and what am I doing? Oh my gosh. I just stopped at, I just ran out to McDonald's this morning. This is in December 2011. I just went to McDonald's and do you know what I just got? I just got two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits with two hash browns and a Diet Coke. That was my breakfast. What have I become? And I felt so guilty (laughs) and, and you know what? I started doing that and doing that and doing that. I quit working out and it's no surprise that I ultimately ended up getting all the way back up into the 270s. Mm. so that and and of course that's after 18 months of massive success right and so and then over the next several years this that was 2000 december 2011 um over the you know 2012 13 14 i had several false starts on getting back at it and i'll never forget every single time guys listen and i had a podcast called pursuing a balanced life it's got over 600 episodes or something like that it was my audio journal, and I'm sharing, guys, I know I said I was going to do this before, and I've done it before, but this is the time, I'm, I'm really at it this time, and you know, four weeks later, I'm back off the wagon, and then I'm back at it again, and my audience, it's like, I know you guys are getting sick of me saying this, and like, I'm getting sick of me saying, but this is the time, right, and, and you know, finally, and finally, I get this one guy that says, Cliff, I, I've been listening to your podcast, his name is Glenn Johnson, this is like September 2014, he says, "I've been listening to your podcast, and I'm a I'm a certified nutritionist. I also am licensed in kinesiology. I don't even know what the kinesiology is. I, today, <laughs> I still haven't even looked it up. Um, but he, he's like, I'm like, I have years and years of physical therapy experience. I have all of this experience. I'm a professional when it comes to helping people with health and nutrition. And you've inspired me. I you are you're the one who encouraged me to start my podcast, and I've been hearing your journey." And you know what? I would like to offer you all of my services. I will be your personal fitness coach. I would love to offer this to you. I don't want anything in return. I'm just offering this just as a way to say thank you. Wow. And I wrote to him and I even told my audience this in a podcast right after I responded. I said, guys, this is the email that I just got. I said, and here's what I told this gentleman. I said, number one, I don't know who you are. I mean, I, I know you know me, you've been listening to me and I appreciate that and and just on, I hope you'll understand my heart when I say that I don't know who you are and so it's hard for me to take advice from somebody that I don't know yet and I realize that I could do some research, I, we could get on the phone but I, here's the thing, everything that you know, I need to know. There's no question about that and there's probably no question at all whether or not you could help me And and do I need all of this stuff right now in my life? Absolutely, hands down, yes, I need it but I just gotta tell you right now, mentally, I'm not in a place where I even want it. I don't, I don't want it. I know I need it. I'm experiencing some physical signs of some pretty serious things in my life right now. I'm feeling chest pains. There are times when I get a little numbness in my fingers and my, and my toes. I, I, I probably, if I went to the doctor right now, I probably would be diagnosed with diabetes, you know, type two diabetes, and they'd put me on medication. I know I need it, but I'm not ready. And, I'm not, and if I was ready, I'm still not sure that you're the guy. And I hope that you can understand that. I'm just being authentic. It's who I am. I don't beat around the bush. And so here's what I got to tell you. I said, if, if I will pray about this, and if you're the guy, and if this is the time, then I will reach out to you. I hope that you'll understand that right now, I, if you were to actually reply and try to convince me or reach out to me again in four weeks, if I'm still not ready, I'm in such a mental place right now that I think it would just push me further against the idea. Mm. and that's who I was that's where I was and so so a couple weeks later and I I sincerely did pray God I I I know I need to do something and I don't want to and I want you to help me want this
1: yeah
0: and I said I don't know if I need the help I, I said I went 18 months without anybody's help I did it all on my own. I dropped 60 pounds. I And I know about, I, I did all the reading on, on de- nutrition. I didn't need a nutritionist to lose 60 pounds. I didn't need a nutritionist to get me out and motivate me. I didn't need a workout partner. I tried workout partners. They didn't work for me. And so I said, God, I I, I just need the desire. I want the desire. and But I don't, at the same time, I don't want it right now, but if you, I know I need to want it and I want you to give it to me. And if I, if you believe I need somebody to work with and if Glenn is this guy that I should work with, then tell me convince me of it. Lay it on my heart. And, I, and I'm and i like, nothing happened. And so in October, about a couple weeks later, I go to Colorado for a speaker training conference to take my speaking to the next level. And Ken Davis and Michael Hyatt run this conference together. Yeah. And, and Ken Davis is a very good friend. He's invited me to speak at all of his conferences. And I, I go to Colorado. It's in Vale, Colorado, Elevation sickness is what the normal average person would deal with anyway. Yeah. But man, I, they had the conference on the main floor and we had to go downstairs to use the restroom. I walked up the stairs in this conference hall and about ready. I almost had a heart attack right there. Literally mm. had to go find a seat because my heart was, I, you, I, I swear you it was like a cartoon. You could see my heart pounding outside of my chest. Wow! It was like that. It was like, oh my gosh! And I, and I'm like, okay, I know this is altitude, and it's all this stuff. I've been hydrated; that I've been drinking the water, but you know, this is there. Other people are experiencing altitude stuff, but they're not experiencing what I just experienced. And right. I'm like, I, dude, I'm I'm about ready to die. I am a walking time bomb. And so I'm like, God, please help me. You know do, do what? And I'm like, do, what do I go back and do? I work with Glenn Johnson. And so that was in October in November 2014. I go back to Colorado, this time to Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I'm actually speaking at the platform conference for Michael Hyatt and Ken Davis. I get up on stage and that day, you know, it's like, man, I just bought this suit, you know, a month ago and I had it fit just for me, you know, the big fat guy. It, it's only been a month. It's only been a month and freaking button just popped off. Ugh. What the heck? <laughs> and, you know, you talk about self-confidence just completely going down the trash can. I get, you know, of course, I get up on stage. I've been trained professionally and I get up and I give a, a message and everybody tells me how inspiring I am and all this other stuff. And I got to tell you, Tammy, I've, I've had the benefit of of inspiring hundreds of thousands of people around the world. People are just like, Cliff, I want to be you. I want to live your story. This is what you've done is what I want to do. And every time I hear that, Tammy, I feel like a complete fraud. mm and I, and I don't want it for anyone. Yeah. I'm like, I, can't, I I would love to accept your praise and just soak it in and just let it warm my heart knowing that I'm living in the center of God, God's will for my life. But I know it's an absolute freaking lie. Mm. I am not living, God's will is not for me to live inside of this physical body. Yeah, This is not who I was designed to be. And here I am on display On stage, spotlights on me, showing me for who I really am—the guy who is clearly not living a life well lived. Wow! And and yet everybody wants what Cliff has. Yeah. And so that you know, so there's there's no joy, there's no fulfillment in this uh, this privilege, this honor of inspiring these people. You know, and yes, I've actually done things that people are life-changing stuff, and and yet there's no fulfillment. And I just, I, another quote I recently heard: success without fulfillment in life is the ultimate failure. Yeah. And and that's so true. I was the ultimate failure. You know, it, I I have probably here's what I, I have a business where I have grown to the place where I make more money than most everyone I know and have ever met in 43 years of my life. And I feel like a complete failure. Wow, that's who Cliff Ravenscraft was on November fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. That night, Ken Davis and those who are Christians in our in your audience may know the name Ken Davis, very successful Christian comedian. He sits down. Him, him and his wife Diane invite me and Stephanie to have dinner with him. He says, "Cliff, I've been you've been speaking at our conferences for the last couple of years. I've been watching your journey. I've been listening to your a lot of your podcast content. He goes, I, I know you're struggling." And he says, "I've never offered this before, but I want to personally offer you something. I want to be, I would like to offer to be your personal mentor in health and fitness." Mm. And something interesting. You, are you okay if we go this long? Because I'm, yeah. I'm nearing. Are you? <laughs> I am because I, okay. this is a this is a message that is so dear to me. It means so much yeah. more than the podcasting stuff we've talked about. Yeah. So if if people are still listening and they're willing to go a little bit, I, another ten minutes, and we'll probably wrap this up. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm having so much fun. Thank you for this, Tammy. You're welcome. Are, are, you. are, 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 we're good here, right? Yeah, we're good. All right, so so Ken's like Cliff. You, you don't know all of my story. Uh, I want to share with you my story. And so he tells me about his story about how he used to be extremely obese and how his obesity almost cost him the life of his granddaughter in the mountains of Colorado, uh, in the mountains of Colorado. Mm. And so he tells me that story. He shows me a picture of what he used to look like on a beach. And he said, "Then there was that was the day my life changed." And so he says, "Cliff, I I know your struggle." And he says, "Here's what I can tell you." God has certainly set you on a path. And I believe that God's given you the opportunity to do some pretty amazing things with a message that he's put in your heart. And you've already had a profound impact in the lives of people all over the world. And he says, I honestly, I believe it has absolutely, it, what you've been able to accomplish right, so far is nothing compared to what God has prepared for you in the future. But I, he says, but I authentically believe that your struggle with your health and fitness is hindering that message. If not for the people who are watching you and seeing you and having some kind of reservations about, you know, having success in some areas in life and not in others, if it's not other people having those kind of things where that where seeing you physically is, is a hindrance to them, I certainly sense that it's a hindrance for you. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, have you been reading my messages <laughs> to God? I mean, come on, seriously, get out of my head. I thought you were a comedian, not a mind reader. He says, Cliff, I want to offer this to you. I've never offered this before, but here's the thing. I'm serious about this. I want to ask you to make some commitments if you say yes to this. And they're pretty significant commitments, and I don't want a half-hearted yes. He says, number one, you must commit to reading my book called Fully Alive. Because I want you to hear my story in full. I want you to hear about my daughter and how she almost died in the mountains of Colorado and how I couldn't save her. And he says, The next book I want you to read is called Younger Next Year. He says, Now, I know you're a faith person. He says, And I know you're from Kentucky, where the Creation Museum is. And so if you have a problem with evolution, you're probably going to have a tough time reading this book because the doctor. There are two authors and one of them's a doctor. The doctor just goes on and on and on about uh, evolution. He goes, but if you can separate all of that and just realize that when he talks about the biology of exercise and he talks about the biology of strength training and he talks about cytokines and what's happening inside of your blood when you work out, when if you can, if you can understand that when he's talking about those things, he's talking about things that have been scientifically proven, it's not theory, it's fact, it's things that, have, that can be proven time and time and time and time again. And and these things are real and genuine and you will see it in your life and you will be younger next year if you do this. Read this book, Younger Next Year. He says, now that book is gonna actually lead you to the next commitment and the nec- or the next two commitments. The, f- the next commitment is if you say yes to having me as your personal mentor in health and fitness, I am going to ask you to commit to working out six days a week, every week for the rest of your life. Not no less, no more. Six days a week, every week, for the rest of your life. Now, event initially because of where you are right now physically, that's going to be mostly just be some light cardio work. But eventually, the other part of that commitment is that two to three of those days each week will become strength training. This means you're going to go to a gym, and you're going to have somebody teach you how to lift weights. And the purpose of lifting those weights is literally tearing apart every tissue of every muscle in your body every week so that you grow back stronger and it's going to be painful at first and then it's going to and then you're just going to be sore for the rest of your life but i promise you you'll come to the place where you love the soreness and i'm like wait a second okay so and he says and but wait there's more and i'm like ken come on seriously (laughs) He says yes. So he is in in May, which is in six months in Nashville, in my hometown. There's a triathlon. Now, by the way, Ken at this time is at I think he's I think he's 69 years old. Okay, 69 years old. He says now in May I'm running a triathlon. This and it's a sprint triathlon, so it's pretty easy. He says uh, it's 200 yards of swimming, 10 miles of cycling, and two mile run. And the the final commitment that I'll ask you to make is that you must complete that triathlon with me in May of next year, which is in six months from now. He says, now I'll give you time to think about this. You know, I only want you to say yes if you're 100% in. I sit there, I said, Ken, do you mind if I pray about this? And he says, sure. And so I waited and I was just silent. we were sitting there at the table and it's like five seconds went by. It felt like three and a half hours. Yeah. So, but five seconds later, I said, I'm in. He's like, what? I said, yeah, I prayed about it. I'm in. And I said, Wait, and so then I told him, I said, what you don't understand is that I've been praying, you know, God, is there somebody that I need? And th- Ken was the one. I, it, yeah. it, it, it was clear. You know, I've been saying, God, is, is Glenn Johnson the guy that needs to help me? And he's like, Ken is the one. Th- yeah. Take this, Cliff, and run with it. This is what you've been asking for. This is what I have prepared for you. And that day, I will tell you right now, that day, I changed my identity I went from Cliff Ravenscraft, the workaholic, to Cliff Ravenscraft, the endurance athlete and bodybuilder. Yeah. And since then, I've been working out six days a week, every week, and have not failed to keep that commitment. Now, there have been some times when we've gone on some vacation, like we just went to Chicago. And, you know, we literally walked five miles from the time we got up in the morning until we went to bed. But outside of those very few occasions, working out six days a week. And here's the deal. In the last 19 months, I've burned over 100 pounds of fat. And I have added 26 and a half pounds of muscle to my body. When I look in a mirror, I actually am excited about myself. The other thing is, is it's not about the weight for me. I could care less what the scale says. I get on the scale just to see what it says. Here's the deal. I'm putting on muscle. Muscle's heavier than fat when right. it comes to the the amount of mass it takes up. So I'm building I'm building muscle at the same time I'm burning fat. So I really could care less about the scale. And if there's anything I measure, I measure body fat percentage. I you know, I do have an ultimate goal I'd like. I I know I I don't believe I'll ever weigh 165. Because I, I that with the, just the amount of organs and bones that I have in my body and the amount of muscle that I desire to have, that's all of that alone will be more than 165 pounds. Right. Now, I'm not going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I am going to be on the front cover of Men's Health or Men's Fitness magazine at some point in the future. And and I've told that to people and they say, well, Cliff, you know, only celebrities do that. I said, well, then I become a celebrity. That's my goal is to be on the front cover of men's health or men's fitness magazine without my shirt on and to have that be freaking impressive. that's my goal and i said and and i know you say that the only way to do that is to become a celebrity i said but every now and then they have those challenges like they just had a firefighter on it's like it was a you know a cover challenge and maybe i get under that and so if if i don't become a celebrity if i don't get in under one of these special you know you know just a random draw luck of the draw kind of thing then by golly i'll make enough money to buy the magazine i'll put myself on it (laughs) that's That's, that's where i'm heading
1: Wow, gosh, there's so much in there. And I know we've gone long, but I really, really appreciate you sharing that because um I've kind of been on my own health journey as well, and a lot of the things that you said have really resonated with me. And I love the fact of you um, being able to say like you weren't ready. You know, you have to be because at the end of the day, anybody can try to help you, But until you are ready to change and are ready to commit ahead of time to what you're gonna do, you're not it's never going to be lasting change and so it's been so fun to watch your journey and see you doing new things and biking a lot and um, trying all new kinds of things and doing it together with Stephanie which is um, also something that I love about your story
0: thank you so much it it has been incredible and it's changed my life and it's changed every area of my life
1: yeah That's so great. Oh my gosh. We could talk for a whole nother hour or could, (laughs) but thank you again so much. This has been so great. So much great insight about business and health and marriage. And um, I just love, I I truly believe that God is using you in amazing ways to help people right where they are and and what they're doing. So tell people where they can find you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, They can find me at podcastanswerman.com. It's the home of everything that I do and you can find out all about the stuff I have related to podcasting. If anybody's interested in podcasting, I have a course where I teach people how to podcast. It's where a majority of my income comes from. And I teach people how to podcast over the course of four weeks at podcastinga2z.com. But you know what? More than anything, I, I I hope that you'll check out my show called. Uh, it used to be called Podcast Answer Man, and I used to have thirty different shows. And today, I only have two shows that I produce on a regular basis. One is called Family from the Heart. I do that every week with my wife. Except for the summer, we take the summers off. But you can go to familyfromtheheart.com and hear Stephanie and I talk together every week just about random stuff going on in our family. And then I also have the show that used to be called The Podcast Answer Man, and now it's called The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And if you've enjoyed me talking at all here about anything that you've heard, then The Cliff Ravenscraft Show is simply a weekly dose of what you just got.
1: Thank you so much, Cliff. I, this has been such an honor to have you on. And I just want to say again, thank you for everything that you've done to help me and so many others. And um, I just really enjoyed having you on and, and love hearing about your journey.
0: Thank you so much, Tammy. Like I said, it is an honor and a pleasure to have this opportunity. I'm so glad that you invited me to be a guest on your show. And this is over the course of this week and next week, I'm doing 25 interviews. And I can tell you right now, we're wrapping up, we're near the end of this first week. And this has been my favorite interview so far. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Well, there you goes, my friends. That was the interview that I did with Tammy Helfrich for her podcast titled Right Where You Are. You can check out Tammy's podcast over at TammyHelfrich.com. That's Tammy with dot com, And of course, I'll have a link to it in the show notes over at PodcastAnswerMan.com slash 460. Also, real quick, before we wrap things up, I do want to let you know that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up this Monday, August 1st. That's right, this Monday, August 1st, and I would love to have this opportunity to be your personal coach, walking you through step-by-step step, every step of the process of successfully launching your podcast. You've heard me talk about it week after week here on the show. Let's do this thing. Let's make it happen. Let's work together August 1st, this coming Monday. And of course, if you're hearing this weeks later, my next session will be in October. But don't wait. Don't be on the fence any longer. Let's get this thing going. Head over to podcastinga2z.com and register today. And with that, my friends, I just want to close this show out by encouraging each and every one of you to take everything you do in life to the next level.